0: You're listening to The Quince Podcast.
1: Almost a year after the incident of police violence over anti-CA protests that left at least 60 students injured in AMU, Prime Minister Narendra Modi delivered a speech on 22nd December on the event of Aligarh Muslim University's centenary celebrations. Apart from India's first and second Prime Ministers, Jawaharlal Nehru and Lal Bahadur Shastri, Modi is only the third Prime Minister to deliver a speech here since 1964. That's about 56 years. But contrary to the anti-Muslim rhetoric pitched by the BJP, which is indicative in some of the laws that have been passed by the BJP government since 2019, such as the NRCCA or the Love Jihad legislation, PM Modi interestingly stressed on unity in diversity. While he steered clear of making any reference to the AMU attack, he showered praises on the university and its history of education. He also highlighted the rich heritage and the legacy of the university, calling AMU a quote unquote mini India that has allowed a diversity of languages and cultures to thrive together in its small cosmos. <laughs>
2: कि के एम्यू केंपस अपने आप में एक शहर की तरह है अनेकों डिपार्टमेंट्स, दर्जनों हॉस्टेल्स, हजारों टीचर्स, प्रफेसर्स, लाखों स्टूडेंट्स के बीच एक मिनी इंडिया भी नजर आता है एम्यू में भी एक तरफ उर्दू पढ़ाई जाती हैं to Hindi vi, Arbi Pradajati, to Iha Sanskrit K Shikshankabi, a Sadi Purana Sam, Yahaki Library, Quran ke manuscript hai, to Gita Ramayan ke anuadbi, Utnehi Sahajkar Rakega.
1: But at a time when there's a general sense of insecurity among Muslim students and the Muslim population at large. What do we make of the symbolic gesture from the Prime Minister? Is he trying to reach out to the Muslim population? Are his words indicative of a shift in the political tone of the BJP? In this podcast, you'll hear from Professor Irfan Habib, a well-known historian of ancient and medieval India, Mr. Sudhindra Kulkarni, columnist and aide to former Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee, and Dr. Hilal Ahmed, who's an author and associate professor at CSTS. You're tuned in to The Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you. And I'm your host, Sholpuri. Established in 1920, Aligarh Muslim University, like most of the other older universities in India, occupies a very important spot in India's history – it was Sasai Ahmad Khan's vision to infuse Western learning in Islamic learning for the then-unpartitioned India. And while Hindu reformers were playing a big role in reforming the social structure of the Hindu society in the 19th century, defying obstacles posted by Orthodox elements, Sasai Ahmed Khan founded the Mao College, also known as the Mohammedan Anglo-Oriental College, in the year 1875. And it is from this that the Aligarh Muslim University evolved. So the AMU completed 100 years as a university earlier on 14 September this year. And for this, the university had planned a month-long celebration initially. But given the pandemic, most of the events shifted online. And as a part of the celebrations, PM Modi released a postal stamp before delivering his address. Now, coming to his address, while he praised AMU's excellence in terms of education PM Modi also spoke of his vision of a quote-unquote new India, where development and the government schemes for the poor reaches people without any quote-unquote religious bias. He said that politics can wait, but development can't. And speaking of this new India, which came to be a central theme in PM Modi's speech, Dr. Hilal Ahmed is of the opinion that through this address, PM Modi emphasizes on the responsibility of a new India as well.
3: I think we have to be very clear about the nature of this event. It was an event organized by an educational institution to commemorate its intellectual academic contribution. PM's remarks are positive and encouraging. His speech actually legitimizes the status of Aligarh Muslim University as an important educational institution of the country, especially its role to promote Islamic intellectual research and discourses. Uh, the most striking aspect of Mr. Modi's speech uh, at AMU, in my view, uh, was his emphasis on the ideas such as responsibilities and duties of an educational institution. Uh, Mr. Modi seems to underline his imagination of responsive citizen-responsive government thesis, something that constitute the central premise of his New India project. Uh, this evocation of responsibility therefore uh, is a central component of his speech today uh, in my view uh, he was actually not deviating from uh, what i call uh, new india imagination uh, in a way that his emphasis was he all he, he actually compares the contribution uh, with the responsibility so As I said, that he was making a very strong claim that there is a responsibility of the university to play uh, a crucial role in what he calls nation building.
1: Some other aspects of PM Modi's speech also drew an equal amount of attention and criticism such as what he said on Muslim girl students with respect to the Swaj Bharat mission. Now, Speaking on the education of girls, PM Modi claimed that the school dropout rate among Muslim girls was more than 70% and that this situation persisted for 70 years. But after the Swaj Bharat mission built toilets in villages and toilets for school-going girls, this rate has fallen down to nearly 30%. And lauding Mr Modi's words, Union Health and Family Welfare Minister Dr. Harsh Vardhan tweeted saying, and I'm quoting his tweet, quote, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's words make it clear that he is serious about educating the daughters of the country, end quote. However, many people on social media were quick to point out the number of Muslim women students who are currently behind bars charged under the dreaded UAPA laws over the Delhi riots, while those who gave open threats on videos are walking around freely. A tweet by activist and poet Ikra Khan, for instance, listed the names of the said Muslim women charged under the UAPA. And I'm reading her tweet out. Quote, Ishra Jahan, Gulfisha Fatima, Payal Tadvi, Safura Zargar, Masrat Zehra, Fatima Latif. The Muslim daughters that the Prime Minister cares about so much. End quote. Some other tweets by AMU alumni also pointed out the hypocrisy in the Prime Minister's heaps of praises on the university. Commenting on PM Modi's Mini India remark on AMU, for instance, Tariq Anwar, an alumnus of AMU, tweeted quote, The same Mini India was brutally attacked a year ago for simply registering protest against the government's action. End quote. So then, what do we make of PM Modi's words exactly? Like Prof. Ahmed, Mr. Sudhindra Kulkarni also believes that if PM Modi's positive words translate into action, then indeed it is a good gesture. But he also points out that while AMU stands as a symbol of aspiration of learning among the Muslim population, in many ways the government has overlooked this aspiration and sidelined Muslim educational institutions.
0: Alibugat Muslim University, the very birth of it was in response to Aspiration in the Muslim community to get ahead in education and therefore uh, its uh, very special history must not be neglected at all and uh, uh, if there are reasons why in some respects uh, it did not come forward, the reasons are complex including the neglect by the uh, government itself hmm. because in general The governments and especially the BJP government now have uh, not paid attention to the aspirations of the Muslim community for higher education. Hmm. There are lots and lots of examples all over the country Hmm. where Muslim educational institutions have been sidelined and uh, equally or rather more importantly, the <clears throat> employment status of graduates from AMU and other Muslim institutions shows that uh, they they don't get the same treatment. Hmm. There are far less employment opportunities for Muslim graduates from AMU and from other Muslim universities. Hmm. So it's a uh, it's a, a subject that. Uh, needs to be looked at in a more...
1: But what makes this speech so weighty is the fact that this comes after what many consider to be a tumultuous period for the Muslim minority in the country. In just the last one year, many would say that the government has doubled on its anti-Muslim rhetoric, be it in its political campaigns or even its legislations. The NRCCA legislation, for instance, threatened to delegitimize citizenship for Muslims, which triggered a pan-Indian movement. And in this, the role of Muslim educational institutions like Jamia Millia Islamia. And even the AMU played a crucial role. But in both these universities, the government responded with force. And as Mr. Tariq Anwar pointed out in his tweet, if you remember, in AMU, a student protest held on 15 December 2019 against the police brutality that took place in Jamia just a day before over the anti-CA protests, led to one more incident of police brutality with AMU students being tear-gassed and lathi-charged. More recently, the state that AMU is situated in has pushed some contentious laws specifically targeting Muslims. Since getting its approval in November... UPCM Yogi Adityanath's ordinance to target love jihad, which is largely a conspiracy without any proof, popular among the fringe Hindu extremists, has victimized several interfaith couples and there have been several reports of Muslim grooms being arrested or even beaten up in jails. In fact, even as recently as last month, BJP campaigns from Hyderabad civic polls have given the impression of an attempt to erase Islamic contributions to India's history with proposals to rename the city and also promises to rid Hyderabad of its quote-unquote Nawab Nizam culture. So now looking at PM Modi's speech in that context of the BJP's general attitude towards this religious minority, do his words ring hollow? Is PM Modi trying to reach out to the Muslim population now? Professor Habib says that PM Modi's words, no matter how positive-sounding, don't allay the insecurities that Muslims face in India right now. He points out that while Modi has rich words for AMU, this institution has bore the brunt of many a few attacks from fringe groups in the past on its image or on social media.
4: It is because it has been been done by a a politician whom we all know, Hmm. uh, besides being a prime minister. No, he knows how to how to uh, engage with people, how to talk to people, what to talk to people. What is actually useful for his own political mm-hmm. mm-hmm. concerns. Mm-hmm. No, so so all that all that is in his mind. So he he, he, he wanted to use this opportunity to reach out to, to people, and uh, reaching mm-hmm. out is fine in a very civil manner, in a very good uh, polite language. Okay. So point is he, he, all schemes you talk about, mm. all the schemes actually are for Indians. Surely, there is no doubt about it. Right. So they are not schemes for Hindus, Muslims, or Sikhs, or Christians, or anybody. Mm. The point is, how secure a section uh, for which you are devising these schemes is feeling. Mm. If a section feels insecure, these schemes actually mean nothing. But look at what is happening in the state. No, The state where the university works Mm. No, the city I heard is part of Uttar Pradesh, and you see the, you see the one over there, mm. and uh, we saw the violence. The, the students are still behind bars, mm. and many many students have suffered, have been beaten up, uh, and, and the university has been abused on social media, mm. uh, called names. So all these things, these things have happened. How to allay those fears?
0: Right. No?
4: And uh, like uh, mm-hmm. social media was used like uh, like all over, you know, for days together. And AMU was uh, the founder is called uh, Pakistani, uh, you know, somebody who inspired Pakistan about Sir and Also, you now with Sir mm-hmm. 1898, died in eighteen ninety eight, university was not even founded. It was founded in nineteen twenty. So all all these things go on in the name of AMU. And now our Prime Minister goes, which I uh, have no problem with. He goes and talks all good things about uh, the, the university, its role in the freedom struggle, all sorts of things. He has said so many things. Hmm. But he should also keep in mind that how the brigade leads, how are they looking at the MU and the Muslims over there, you know? Right. That also will be, be, brought, be brought under control. Right. you cannot speak from an island you no know, where you are alone hmm. you know, speaking in a particular voice while while the crowd below somewhere has something else to say hmm. you know?
1: right.
4: so that is that is uh, that is not only my fear but there is a fear of most of the people
1: so then, should we be interpreting Modi's speech as a shift in the BJP's approach towards the Muslim population? Professor Ahmed explains why the Prime Minister's remark can't be seen as any kind of a change in political tone in the BJP.
3: The government is facing a few serious political crises. There is a strong farmer protest. The COVID-19 situation has not yet been fully resolved. And the economic crisis is also deepening. A section of BJP has also linked the farmer protest to Khalistan. In such a scenario, uh, it was obvious for the Prime Minister to take this opportunity to make a positive gesture. However, I don't think that this positive speech will have any impact on BJP's reliability on radical Hindutva. Uh, In my view, we must remember that Hindutva Hegemony has become the dominant narrative of indian politics that is going to survive in near future so pm's remark should not be seen as uh, any kind of a change in bjp's political uh, campaign uh, especially in the coming uh, assembly elections uh, because uh, you know the electoral discourse which has been created by BJP over the years is primarily concerned to consolidate its crucial Hindutva constituency which the party has nurtured uh, with very care. So therefore, uh, on the one hand, it's a positive development. But on the other hand, I don't think that uh, PMC speech will have any impact uh, on the nature of political mobilisation, especially in, in in coming elections, uh, which BJP is going to
1: adopt. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, Geo7, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequint.com.
0: Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.